Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Outsiders. I'm Seth Austin. And I'm Todd Pickering. We're a couple of actors stuck on the outside, trying to make our way to the inside of the biz. Hollywood, baby. I'm an actor here in Los Angeles, and this is my friend, Todd Pickering. Thanks, Seth. Todd Pickering here. I'm also an actor in Los... I prefer Los Angeles. Do you? As, yeah. Okay, for me, the jury's still out. Well, I'm gonna... Yeah, I'm not gonna weigh in on that just yet. It's no, that was Angelica Houston in the film um, Grifters. She referred to it as Los Angeles without irony, and I just... I love that. <laughs> and even other characters would even kind of go, okay, whatever. Okay. But, you know, That's it is funny. Los Angeles, so... Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah, but but we all say Los Feliz. At this point, it's like the corruptions are almost part of it. You know what I mean? I feel okay. like it's... So be part of the intro, I've lived, I'm from Nebraska, moved to San Francisco and moved down here to LA. And um, I said Los Feliz wrong so many times, Seth, and everybody made fun of me. So <laughs> I now pronounce that Los Feliz, which is the proper way to pronounce it because I would pronounce it wrong. I think it's, lo wait, let me try it. Los Feliz? Is that how they say it? No. <laughs> no, it's, it's Los Feliz. See, that, so that's so wrong. Of and course, people make yeah. fun of me and I go, so wait a minute, you're making fun of me for mispronouncing it wrong. So I'm just going to say Los Feliz and people go, oh, it's pronounced. And I go, no, it's actually pronounced Los Feliz. <laughs> and every time I try to mispronounce it, I do it wrong and I'm made fun of. So I'm just going to be made fun of for calling it Los Feliz because I studied Spanish for six years. Yeah, and uh, I mean... Uh... It's okay. I, so that's I, our that's I, our Los Angeles story and going about that for hours. Um, well, I'm going to keep going with Los Angeles. Uh, when yeah. did you move out here? So I've been here for seven years. It was October of 2012. So whatever the math is on that, uh, I guess I'm pushing eight years at this point. It'll be eight in October. Um, and before that, I lived in New York City for five years. Um, before that, I was at the University of Richmond in Virginia. Uh, where I got uh, my degrees in a dual degree, um, bachelor's of leadership studies and a bachelor in theater. Oh, and, I thought um, when you said dual degree, I thought you got a degree in dueling and I thought that was super cool. Oh no, that would be incredible if the University of Richmond offered uh, a rapier and dagger uh, major. That would be just incredible. A small liberal arts, incredibly expensive, just unbelievably expensive school that offers a, a major in rapier and dagger. That wouldn't be random at all. Uh, um, we can all dream one day, right? Uh, so what's the leadership degree? So here's the thing about that. Um, so I was a double major, right? And I can, I can say with all confidence that the leadership studies degree was for my family, my parents, um, who, you know, I, I I kind of had this thing in my head where I didn't quite know what I wanted to do outside of being an actor. I was trying to find something that was more practical, you know, something that was more sellable in the aftermath of going to college um, in case I decided I didn't want to be an actor, which of course I, I knew that I wanted to be an actor. I don't think my family loved it. They didn't really stand wow. hard against it, but they, I think they, you know, this, like I said, the school was expensive. We got some free money, but it was still expensive. And uh, so I, I kind of did that for them. Uh, and ironically, it ended up, you know, that that major in and of itself isn't very practical anyway. And then I did uh, theater for myself. Um, and then after school, so I'm originally from Long Island, first of all, right? So I went from Long Island down to the University of Richmond. Um, 
where I studied theater and leadership studies. And then when I got out of school, I stayed in Richmond and I did a bunch of uh, touring children's theater uh, with Theater 4. And that you did was, children's theater? I did children's theater. A lot of it Me was too. musicals. It was, I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was mostly a nightmare, but um, (laughs) pardon me, I can look back on it wistfully and the number of stories I could tell from that alone. Uh, Anyway, and then I worked on a Terrence Malick film that shot outside of Richmond, about an hour and a half from Richmond. First, I worked on it as a uh, set builder. I was a carpenter. Uh, I helped build the Indian village, if you've ever seen the film. And then uh, I did some, it's called The New World. It's a Terrence Malick film about the founding of Jamestown, Pocahontas John Smith story. Um, and then I did background work on it for a couple of weeks. I played a settler, of course, and um, got did to- you play an Indian? Uh, no, they actually were pretty cool about, you know, getting, well, well I should, they got a lot of Native Americans actually to work on it. But then they did do the thing where they dressed up some folks who were of color, but not Native American, you know, because they just needed a lot of people. Um, it was a good experience. It was incredible. Like we got to hold other show right there. But, um, so then I moved back to home for a little while and I lived with my family, saved up some money. Then I moved back into, I'm back into, I moved to the city. I was from, I, from where I'm from is nowhere near New York city. It's like two hours outside. Um, but then I moved into the city. I lived there for about almost six years, I guess it was. And then I fulfilled my ultimate goal, which was to move out to Los Angeles. Um, and I've been here for almost eight years. So what about you, Mr. From Long, Todd? From yeah. Long Island. From Long Island. Long Guy Land. Right, right, right. That's how I, I knew it. Um, I'm from yeah. Nebraska. Is that right? You're made of corn? Corn and- Yeah, uh, corn, the, yeah farmers. Um, yeah, so Long Island was as, as mystical to me as Nebraska seems to be from people from Long Island. Yeah, um, it is. The Midwest is a whole thing that I've never really even visited, except on touring children's theater in the middle of the winter. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Well, we, we both have winter, so we both grew up with yeah. that. Yeah. And hot, hot summers, so we both mm-hmm. grew up with that. So, you know. For sure. Um, in fact, I prefer the winter. Interesting. You? You know, I, I, I'm a summer guy, I have to say, because uh, the winter, where I'm from at least, lasts far too long. And for like a week, it's cool, no pun intended. And then after that, it's just an absolute nightmare, especially living in New York City. I felt like oh. from January until April, I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I, I will say that, yeah, I lived in New York City too. I mean, we'll get to that. I, but um, spending the summer in New York City, it's all that concrete, does trump spending the summer in Nebraska with the prairie, meaning yeah. that heat of the concrete is, it's, you know, you understand the films like Seven Year Itch. But back to me, yeah. um, and also yeah. the summers, I mean, Todd Pickering uh, did, you know, very white, mostly 75% English, and Nebraska's very German, so lots of German back, I mean, I'm all German and English, all yeah. Western European, so super white. Um, Same. <laughs> red hair, so what I mean is that's probably why I hated the summer, just because it burned me up so yeah um any rate i i graduated from i went to the university of nebraska lincoln and got a degree in theater with an emphasis in acting and got a bfa which we called big fucking accomplishment (laughs) um the university system of course is unl is university of no learning uno (laughs) university of no opportunity omaha and now there's carney university of no knowledge (laughs) So, all a joke. Um, but uh, 
yeah, it was a good theater department to be from. Um, worked with, you know, went to, oh, maybe, we, you know, we were going to talk about not talking about our ages, but uh, yeah, you know, it's tough being out here. We're outsiders. Yeah. Trying to get inside of uh, the acting world. And... Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the reasons yeah. we're doing this and, and all that stuff. So uh, first of all, Todd and I met, uh, we were working together. We were actually, we were interns at uh, this studio here that that is now defunct. Um, it was called CAZT, spelled with a Z, C-A-Z-T. And it was uh, a well said, bunch of- Well said, by the way. Yeah, because that, I, 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 have, I have a casting director friend and he said, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, oh, I have to work at CAST. And he'd always be like, you're the only person that pronounces the Z. And it's like, no, I'm now with Seth. And we are the only two people in Los Angeles that pronounce the Z in CAST. We're just pretentious enough to have that pronunciation down pat. Um, Why was it called CAST with the Z? I, you know, I speculated that with so many things, <laughs> Was, I, I did think about this. I gave it some long, hard thought. I felt like with all the different things that are Hollywood casting in film, cast in Hollywood, like they were trying to differentiate themselves in some small way, right? So in doing that, they just probably confused everyone more because everyone was like, Kaz, well, what? It's just like, it was always a thing. You know, people would call it Kaz T. My one friend called it Kaz T. Like she would say it fast, like Kaz T. Like... <laughs> Whoa, that's <laughs> yeah. weird. And, the, and, and yeah. some people would try to do the Z, but they'd give up in the middle and go cats. Yeah, or and cats. Like, My one friend would call it cats. Who was that that called it cats? <laughs> so here's, here's another point of what we're doing here. This just like pulls our point up big time is that we got theater degrees. So we say things like cats. Right, the correct way, right? Because that's so much of my technical training was like, no, you will pronounce these words correctly. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, we had serious <laughs> yeah. diction classes, like serious being from the mid... Midwest, yeah, um, and back to the Long Island and the, uh, there's a in um, Blunt was the accent book we studied. Okay, Do you know Blunt? Did you? No, no. Gary Blunt. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't. Sorry, go ahead. It was probably old, but um, yeah. th there were all these sentences that you would use to get certain vowel. And the Brooklynese is what the New York accent was called. You kind of start with for those that don't know if they're interested in acting. You kind of start with a a basic dialect that, you know, once you move to New York, you know there's a difference between Brooklyn and the Bronx and Queens and Long Island, et cetera. Manhattan, but, yeah. Yeah, but you, you get this generic accent, but the, it was the A's in the New York accent. And it was like, I have to ask you, are you yeah. from Nebraska? <laughs> or ask her, whatever. But you know, so there was the, the, the New York A. I gotta ask her that A yeah. sound. So, you know, you study that and you pay attention. And I, I love that. I got an English minor, but you couldn't get a minor so, yeah. yeah. You know, when I was a kid, when I was coming up in, in high school, my, my chorus and theater teacher, um, she directed all the shows and her thing was like, if you want to make it in this business, you have to lose really any regionalism that you have, you know? And she said she struggled with it because she was from, I think she was from Brooklyn. And so she would be like, you know, one of the guys, her, uh, a theater director she sat down with when she was coming up was like, you know, they were at lunch and she said, could you please pass the salt? You know, and I'm not doing the best impression, but salt. he was like, yeah, he's like, no, it's past the salt, you know? And so she really drilled it into us, you know, uh, that we needed to drop these things. And so, you know, I think for me, it was the, the thing that I could, I, I was naturally inclined to, to do that kind of stuff anyway. I, I kind of always listened to the way people talked and like that made me do it even more. So I just kind of started to really listen to the way people talked and I just tried to make sure that I was as neutral as possible, you know, because I have 
like most of my family has these thick and horrible like long long island they swallow everything like i almost can't even do it anymore because i've been out of that it would take me actually a little bit to get back into those dialects again um i met your but, family i didn't notice anything you didn't notice yeah well but i just but, met them once yeah, they got it. I mean, it's not so much my immediate family. My mom, my mom's uh, accent is a conglomeration of Queens, uh, Brooklyn, New England, and Long Island because she has family members that she grew up with from all of those places. She grew up in Queens. My grandfather has the Earl Boyna accent, the Mutta accent, you know, so yeah. she's got some of that. My grand. Yeah. My great grandmother, her grandmother is from uh, Massachusetts. So she's got that a little bit even. So she's, and then she lived in Long Island for years and years, right? So um, I had friends in, in college that would hear, you know, before cell phones, when cell phones, when you could still really hear the other person talking through the phone, like I'd be having a conversation with my mom and my friends in college would be like, what, what, what just went on there? Who were you talking to? What was that accent? I was like, oh, it's funny was... as you're talking, you, you, you are developing a little I'm, more. It's of coming back. Coast. Yeah. That's well, so you mentioned funny. all those people and you just, yeah. you naturally, even if you're not an actor, you do imitations and like yeah, also, and, you know, I'm, pretentious, super, like I'm Madonna, super day like, drunk. I should say that I'm super day drunk. So it's coming back. Are you? No, I'm not at all. It's, I'm totally. I kidding. felt like I should have a scotch no. when we did our maiden voyage, but <laughs> I, I just got a glass of water. This is coffee. I need to. I need to. Coffee. Be on coffee. That's what. That's what I was gonna say. The one thing you pick up when you live in New York, because I lived in New York too for a brief time, studied there, and um, is coffee. People coffee. are like, want some more coffee? And I said, sure, I'll have some more coffee. But I didn't pick anything else up. But I'm like, I like coffee. And I'm going to take, take the coffee. I would love a cup of coffee. We'll have coffee, sure. we'll talk. No, I need stimulus. What's that? The shore, down the shore? Yeah, no, then... sure. Would you like a oh, cup sure. of coffee? Sure. 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 Those were the two that I would sometimes do. And I felt like I was, you know, making fun of people. But nobody flinched. So I guess my, my New York dialect was good or whatever. I mean, it's interesting, like most of those really, like that's a pretty extreme accent and that exists, but it's rare. So at this point, I do feel like a lot of those Absolutely. accents sound a little bit over the top because they don't, no one, there's very few people that you're going to meet, you know, unless you really go to those areas, like unless you go and hang out in the Bronx, you know, it's going to be hard to run into that John Patrick Shanley uh, I accent, didn't hear it. You know? Uh, yeah, Being I never really heard that. I didn't hear it. Yeah. And so when you, you know, even as a New Yorker, when I read John Patrick Shanley, I look at the way he writes and it's obvious that he's trying to write to get you to pronounce things the way the people from the Bronx talked. But if you don't actually go there and meet some of those people, it's, it's hard. Like, I, I don't know what those people really even sound like. I mean, I do and I don't. <laughs> so, so here's my New York story, since this is where we're going. And, and this ties in our, our backgrounds. I didn't tell you this on purpose. So I worked with a girl named Jessica from Long Island at a restaurant in New York. And she did say, oh my God, it's so weird. You're from Nebraska. I go, yeah, I think it's weird. You're from, from Long Island. You know, yeah, it's yeah, oh they're God. equally exotic. That was brilliant. That was spot on. I, can actually, I could actually visualize a girl that I worked with at like a food court in a horrible strip mall growing up that had exactly the accent that you just did. I loved her. She's really sweet too, mind you. Yeah. Um, so uh, so um, this, you know, I was living in New York the year that Hillary Swank won the Oscar for the film, Boys Don't, Don't Cry. Oh, Boys Don't Cry, yeah. Which was, he, Brandon Tina, was originally Tina Brandon and was from Lincoln, Nebraska and went out, was, you know, all, was murdered and raped for being transgender. If, if anybody's forgotten that picture, which is certainly worth looking at. And I think Hillary Swank 
completely deserved the Oscar for that. She was amazing. It was an amazing performance. It's also one of those movies that I don't know how you feel. I saw that once. I'm like, yeah, don't ever need to see that again. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to be brutally honest. I actually haven't seen that movie because of the, like, I just know how hard it would be. Like I have to be in the mood for a movie like that. And for me, that kind of film is, uh, or, or the best example I can think of was 12 Years a Slave, right? I absolutely oh, same thought, thing. I absolutely thought it deserved best picture. I thought like Michael Fassbender, it's one of the most brilliant supporting actor performances or any acting performances I've ever seen on film but I don't think I could ever watch it again, apart from some clips of him just to watch his brilliance. But overall, the film is just too troubling. Oh, I'd never watch that film. That, yeah. 12 Years a Slave, The Accused, with Jodie Foster won the Oscar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At any rate, so, um, yeah. And we're going to digress like this, by the way. If you yeah, want to this is... To us, I'm afraid this is... <laughs> it's going to be a lot of digressions, people. Maybe we'll try to stay on top. <laughs> so but it's important, try. you know, the movie, and it's, it's based on a true story, and that's... I mean, we could have a whole episode of that. So at any rate, that was the movie that won the Oscar. And, you know, my parents lived in Nebraska, but Jessica's lived in Long Island. So one night they came into the restaurant and I waited on them and whole family and they proceeded to, well, they had plenty to drink, shall we say. They were in their cups, as we say. Yeah. And at the end of the dinner, you know, when they slowed down, I mean, so I could really, really meet her mom. She goes, you know, Todd, come meet my mom. Mom, Todd is from Nebraska. You know, mom. <laughs> Boys don't cry. <laughs> That's how she introduced me. And her mom was like, oh my goodness, so nice to meet you, so nice to meet you. And yeah, not only did I have to mess with them, but I really did have to set Nebraska's record straight. And I said, you know, I'd like to tell you something about Nebraska in general at this point. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, of course, of course. I said, you know, we people from Nebraska tend not to rape and murder transgender people as a rule. She, oh, of course you don't, of course you don't, absolutely not. But it's funny, too, that reference didn't really last long. You know, people don't introduce me as, you know, Todd, boys don't cry. It's from Nebraska. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, you know, the, the Laramie Project, on the other hand, I think that everyone, well, I mean, it's called the Laramie Project, right? So it has the, right. a name, the name of a town in Wyoming. But I, I absolutely can't, can't separate the two. When I hear Wyoming, I think Laramie Project. And, but yeah, Nebraska didn't, didn't get that with boys don't cry. Probably right. because also you know, as theater people, like a play, a play stays around longer than a film does in a lot of ways, right? A play keeps being right. remounted, so. Well, that was a depressing film. You know, that was an Oscar winning. I mean, yeah. people don't, oh, you know, I've had a bad day. Let's pop in, boys don't cry, pop yeah, some right. popcorn, <laughs> you know. No, it's so it's worth a look though, I will say. I mean, you know, I, I do like to watch, and, and it, it, you know, you do learn movies yeah. like that so I'm, i mean i'm all for seeing 12 years of no, I, I need to watch boys don't cry now that you mention it but i think we need to get back on topic so well that that so yeah i studied in new york um mostly i've lived in san francisco i should say so i've only been in la to art um for five years about yeah uh, but it's been a slow process moving from uh taking care of my family in nebraska and settling something so i was living there and i was living slowly moving from san francisco staying with friends down here so just yeah, you've been kind of back started. and forth. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so still I'm relatively new. And then, of course, here we are in a pandemic. So we're kind of stopped. So here we are chatting. Yeah, so we, uh, Todd and I met at that place, Kazd. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, we worked, we had shifts together and we became friends. And I'm going to be 100% honest. When I, when I first met Todd, I was like, holy hell, this guy talks a lot. And, like, there was... There were days I'd be like, I can't keep up with this. Like, I don't know what this, like, this is just, it's too much for me. Ah, it's stressful. Why is it stressful? But then, you know, we became friends a little bit more, a little bit more. And uh, 
you know, we developed a mutual respect for each other. And I think, I think Todd was, Todd was very complimentary of me at the beginning. Like, you know, like he's, he mentioned earlier, um, you know, we both came from theater backgrounds and we both took ourselves seriously as actors and we were here to do something, you know? And um, right. then I, you know, Todd invited all of us at Kaz to come see his show uh, in the Hollywood Fringe Festival. It was called, or it is called, even if it's wrong. Um, it's a one man show about the trials and tribulations um, of his, of his mother going through the stages of dementia. And um, I can honestly say I was, I was blown away by his performance in it and uh, deepened my respect for him even more. Let's not lie. It's really nice when you can, you know, when you have an actor friend and then you see them and you also think that they're an incredible actor. Like oh, it yeah. really, it really does. It's, it's, you know, I don't want to mince words on this. It's, it really makes the relationship that much stronger, right? Because it just feels really honest. And you can, you can tell someone that they're, you can honestly say like, I love you as an actor, you know? And that was my moment for Todd. So I, I kind of had a feeling that from that point on, we would be <clears throat> pretty tight, you know? And, 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 you know, we're not, I'm not going to lie. We're not going to lie to you and say that we're best friends, but we, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're really good friends at this point. Todd came yeah. to my wedding and, um, yeah, um, even and if nobody's wrong. ever told me I've, I've talked too much. That's the first I've heard that. Is that right, Todd? Probably because you were busy talking too much to listen to them tell you that you talked. I'm, I'm sorry, wait, what did you say? I didn't, never mind. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not I do listen. Not. I do talk too much, but I do no. listen. No, so. that's a joke. Todd is a very, very good listener. After all, he is an actor, and that's what we do, right? We listen. Oh, um, not all actors are listeners. That's, that's not true. That's another topic. Busting out the big guns, hating on Well, the not all people right are. Away. No, not all people are listeners. So no, a lot of people wait true. for their turn to talk that aren't actors also. Those, those, people are, yeah. those people are funny. Those are fun people, too, sometimes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in small yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and there's different degrees of it, right? We go, we can go into acting, te acting technique for hours, but. Um, well, thank you for your comment. I mean, you know, I recall, you know, my story meeting. Um, it was a great staff we had at CAS in our, our particularly our group. Um, and because there was three or four people that would work. Yeah, there, it really was a good group. And a manager. And, you know, um, early on at CAS. I uh, filled in for somebody on a different day and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not doing that again. Like our group is great. And I remember you saying and, that. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I recall you were working on your reel and you know, it's, it, it is, it's a scary thing when you're with your actor friends, you're just like, oh, please, please tell me they're not crappy actors. And I have to like, or if I have to go to their shows and why you're great, you're really good. And, um, you know, sure, you're going to see your actors in some bad production, your actor friends in some bad productions, and yeah. or they're grossly miscast, and that's okay. But right. you still don't want to say to them, "Oh, great job!" And you always do because what else you're going to say? But I saw yeah. your reel, and you asked me some questions, and early on, you know, I'm trying to find people to connect with too here in in LA, and it's like, um, wow, he's really good. He's really good. His reel looks great. And you were seriously asking me, "Does it seem good?" And yeah, you know he's asking me, he's really good. You got to give somebody a good opinion. Um, Cause you're going to put it on a reel or you're going to put it out there. It's got to be good here. You can't mess around. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, mutual respect from, from day one and a great place to work, especially to see what not to do. Uh, Watching yeah. Other actors come in. For, yeah, we, for a while we were actually able to watch everyone's auditions there we could even watch i got to see some some famous people's auditions which was really strange that we kind of had that access um but going back to todd what you were saying about 
you know, reaching out and, and we're wanting to uh, build a community here. Um, that's part of, that's the big purpose. I think that was what's really, that's what's really inspired me to want to do this podcast. Uh, I think we really want to share our stories with the community at large out there just because this can be a lonely business, especially in Los Angeles, you know, um, at least in New York, you know, you can go hang out at the actors equity building. Even if you're in non-equity, you can kind of go hang out there a lot. You can build sure. a community. You build a community just from that. I, a lot of the best friends that I still have in New York were friends that I met at auditions, you know, and it just kind of automatically happens, I think in that city. Whereas in, in, in LA, it doesn't really. So, and especially, I mean, right now, you know, how, how are people that are fresh off the boat, you know, pardon the expression, I use it comedically to describe anyone who's new anywhere. Anyway, um, how are people okay, who are, isn't it? Yeah, like one time when I said it to someone, they got kind of offended, but I didn't mean it in any, like I meant it just for anyone who's new. Um, anyway, so like I have a friend in my acting class who had only moved here just a couple of months ago. And I, I realized like I should have reached out to him sooner because like, you know, he's still here during this pandemic. He didn't go back to New York where his family is. And like, I can't imagine how lonely he must be during this time. He just got here. He's trying to be an actor. I mean, he is an actor and he's trying to build his community here. And um, yeah, so that's part of my, a big part of my motivation behind doing this. Like, I just want people to feel like there's other people like them out there and, you know, it's going to be okay. Yeah, I hope, I hope some of our stories will uh, inspire, amuse, um, and, and you find, find them useful. I mean, that's, you know, I know I, I look to lots of resources, so hopefully we offer something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only time will tell. And I would love to get to a point in this where we have people who have listened, maybe they've listened to the show and they say, you know, you guys should talk about this. This is a thing that actors deal with all the time. And then maybe they come on the show and talk about it. You know, I would love for us to get to that point. Absolutely. Um, I mean, this is really hard for us to figure out what to talk about for the first time. You know, yeah. we have a million ideas. We have a million. We do have a lot of ideas. Um, so, you know, the whole thing, we, we're, you know, we're, th we're going to call it the outsiders for right now because, you know, we do feel like we're still, we're trying to w work our way into this business. And I know a lot of people, even the ones who, to a lot of people would feel like they have made it. They still even feel like outsiders. But uh, Nobody yeah. ever feels like they've made it. That's true. There's this, this, this town is rife with imposter syndrome. Um, but, I, you know, speaking for myself, right, I, I laugh because this used to really bum me out. But, is, you know, I have a lot of theater credits. I have a lot of training. I have a lot of film and film credits. I have a couple of TV credits, but I don't have a single uh, co-star on, on a major network television show. Like I never got a law and order. I never got a criminal minds. I never got whatever. I never got any of that stuff because I've never had anyone but myself really submitting me for any of this stuff reliably. And you know, it's, it's really hard to get, to get those doors to open. So anyway, so that's, you know, that for me is like my big, like white whale right now, you know, it's yeah, always Let's get, let's get Seth a co-star. Yeah, right. I was, when I was in San Francisco, the uh, trauma was the TV show and they auditioned everybody on the first, like pre first episode. And they said they were going to keep our tapes and I never booked that show. Uh, Nash Bridges was in San Francisco, yeah. never that show so you know yeah. i feel your pain brother mayor i feel your pain yeah and i mean my pain is not unique you know i'm not no it's i yeah but it, it's, it's um you know it does lend like when you watch it's social media is great but then you watch you know like i have a friend who who's booked you know he just celebrated his 50th episode of television and uh 
and he has his whole shtick on social media is self-deprecating. You know, if you can, if you can get me an audition, I'll make you some food kind of thing. Like he's always joking around and that's his shtick. And I think it's awesome that that works for him. But like, man, if he still feels like an outsider after 50 episodes of TV, um, then we all absolutely do, you know? Oh my God. Um, oh my God. Yeah. So what, what's next? What do we want to, what do we, so um, we want to talk, we want to give a Hollywood story. We want to talk about our favorite, like a celebrity encounter? Yeah, we should. So, you know, when we, we ended up chatting for a whole hour and we didn't even scratch the surface of some of the people we've met um, and yeah. all great stories. So, um, um, all great stories. So Seth, who did, you actually worked on set with somebody, right? Yeah, so uh, weirdly enough, this was ironic to me because I, one of my, probably my best onset story um, was when I wasn't what I would really call acting. Like I used to sort of have a thing with, with doing background work. I thought it had like a stigma attached to it. And I used to have like, I'm too cool for school for this. And it was not my proudest attitude that I've ever had. I'm not proud of the way I felt about it, but in hindsight, you know, what can you do? So when I well, first I've got to back, LA, just yeah. the background work real quick is that, is that, you know, I don't know, I don't know who's listening either. Um, you know, generally when you get an agent, they tell you, you know, don't do background work so you don't get known as, as background, background, but guy. you learn right. so much by being on set. So you if do. you move out here and you yeah. don't have an agent, you should go straight to central casting. You should sign up. Yep. I've done, I did yep. tons of background work in San Francisco also, FYI. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you learn, I mean, and if you're going to be on set doing background work, don't goof around, don't spend your time eating at the craft table watch learn right. what everybody's doing and learn how a set works so when you yeah. book that co-star you don't look like a doof that's exactly right and that's exactly what i did not do in this instance oh. um, because i was like because i had that sort of bad attitude you know that i've absolutely learned from since then so this because, story is great because you showed up on set as a background person and you yeah. were just like whatever whatever man. yeah Screw exactly this. oh okay this that's is exactly great. Right. right that's, that's don't be like seth everybody don't 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 absolutely do not be like me right so okay okay so I was doing this because I needed money when I moved out here and I had my SAG card and I was like, great, I'll get my day rate, which I think was 160 or something at that point. So they called me up and they're like, you're going to come, you're going to be our um, soundboard operator tomorrow. And I was like, okay. Whatever. So like, oh, it's on, it's on the show called the crazy ones. Great. So I look up the crazy ones. I see that there's all these A-list people on it. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Robin Williams. But I, Here's the thing. I love Robin Williams. I grew up with Robin Williams. I, you know, I'm not unique in this, but he is one of my idols. I mean, as far as an actor, a comedic figure, a person, like I just, I idolized him. Mrs. Doubtfire, the genie, et cetera. Right. But well, even that. I mean, a, a unique talent. A unique talent. Somebody that won an guy. Oscar. Yeah. Showed, proved that he could act. And even, to, but even all that, even all my admiration of him, I was in such a weird place that that wasn't enough to get me excited about being there that day. You so still were a, I still, I show up and I'm like, attitude? I still, I show up and I'm like, you know, and he's like, I'm like, they're not going to use me, whatever. I'm just waiting for lunch to happen. This is the beginning of the day, right? The first part of the day, they weren't using me. I was like, just hanging by the crafty table. Like you said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rob, Robin Williams is in the, the, you know, way away from wherever I am. He's doing his scene at the beginning. He's like fighting a giant life-size rock'em sock'em robot, you know, but I'm in cool. a funk. Yeah, it was, it was actually really cool, but I am in a funk, right? And I'm like, uh. so, so lunch comes and goes <laughs> and I'm full. Right. And uh, one of the, one of the PAs comes and gets me and they're like, okay, uh, so we told you, right. You're going to be our soundboard operator. And I was like, yeah, to clarify, you're playing the part of a soundboard yeah. operator. I was like, right, I'm playing the part of the soundboard operator. Right. So 
I'm like, yeah, okay. So they're like, okay, so you're going to go in through that door there and you're going to sit down in front of the soundboard, right? So I see like, you know, they had, they had completely changed the setup after lunch and it's in this very small enclosed space, which is going to be a recording studio, right? And so I walk through the door and all this crew and everyone's in there and I hear, hey, everybody, it's Moby. And he starts laughing and clapping and I'm like, what is happening right now? And I start to get a little bit embarrassed a little bit more embarrassed but then i realize i realize that robin williams is roasting me in front he's talking about of you everybody right and my head just explodes i'm like it's hilarious but it's also a little bit embarrassing and everyone's laughing and i'm just like i just go with it and i start laughing and i'm turning red i'm sure because i mean first of all i do kind of look like moby and well first of all really is that my one of my my biggest idol in the industry probably is roasting me and this is, I mean, what higher honor is there, right? And you've been so, roasted by Robin Williams. I've been roasted by Robin Williams. It was That's I a mean, small group. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that was just the lead in. I mean, so, so I sit down and sure enough, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the soundboard operator, right? And all the major cast members, the whole cast is there for this. This is like the penultimate scene of the pilot. And basically they were having Kelly Clarkson record the commercial jingle that they're using because they're ad people, right? Holy so, crap. So Kelly right. Clarkson's on set? So Kelly Clarkson. So, so we worked for a while with just, <laughs> right. So I got, to, long and short of it is I got to hang out for a full day and a half with all of those people. Robin Williams was one of the most generous, open, kind people that I've ever met in my life. In addition to being an incredible performer. You know, so like, for instance, he was always riffing, constantly riffing. I mean, constantly. No. yeah, right. I mean, what you, the stories you hear about him, like not surprising, sure. right? But the stories you hear about him, they're all 100% true. How, how, how hard a worker he is, how great he is as both a performer and a human being. It's all true, right? So he would, he would riff and he would be open to getting ideas, right? And so I would riff with him. I got to sit there and improvise oh, with crap. Robin Williams over and over again. And he, he, most of the time what would happen is he would laugh at whatever I offered, but he'd, he'd be like, ah, that's a little too dark. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't want to use it. But I was like, man, I'm sitting here and I'm like chilling with Robin Williams and we're like, we're like thick as thieves. You know, he introduced himself and we, we talked about this and that. And, um, you know, a lot of the actors were, were like that, you know? Um, but the, so your attitude got better is what I'm, I'm gleaning. Yeah. Which, what you're hearing is my attitude oh my got God. a lot better. And um, the pen, the pen ultimate moment was when Kelly Clarkson walked through set for the first time. And she's, she's, you know, she's making nice with everyone, introducing herself. It's a really positive atmosphere, right? And one of the actresses on it, Amanda, I can't think of her name. She's Israeli. She's got the olive complexion. Great actress, beautiful person. Kelly Clarkson's talking with her. They're having a really nice conversation. And Kelly Clarkson smiles and goes, you know, Amanda, you kind of look like Jasmine from Aladdin. <laughs> and the moment got kind of uncomfortable, right? No one really knew what to say to that. And, you know, in hindsight, Kelly Clarkson didn't, she kind of put her foot in her mouth, but she didn't mean it in any, in any way to be offensive, of course, at all, right? But no one really liked the record. It was like, like the record just kind of stopped for a second. And I remember locking eyes with one of the other cast people or crew people or whatever, and being like, this is an uncomfortable moment. And it seemed to last forever. And then Robin Williams comes in on cue, breaks the tension by singing a genie song from oh. freaking Aladdin. 
right? So, but none of us really think about that for a second. We all just think, oh, this is great that he's like one step, a da 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 da, one da 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 da, right? And so he's broken the tension. So we all start laughing. And then the very next moment is us all realizing that the genie from Aladdin is singing an Aladdin song. And my mind yeah. was just blown all over again. And it was like, I will never forget it. Like it was one of the most incredible moments of my life. And it happened doing background, a thing that I had, you know, such a bad attitude about. And like, I mean, it was just such an incredible experience. Amanda Seton or Seton. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I, yeah. I looked at C, you know, it, we've you. got the jujal. So, Using the you know, jujal. You got to look it up while, you know, so people don't call in. Yeah. In for a couple of like, Yeah. Wow, that's you know, I, I that's a great way to end a show on that story. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I love that you had a crappy attitude. You got better. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, but yeah, let's just do a little quick like wrap up. Yeah, thank you everyone uh, who's listened to this, and um, you know, if you liked what you heard, tell tell one person about it. And uh, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep pushing on with this thing. Well, Seth, I would like to say right now, I liked what I heard. Yeah, I think it was you really good. You sounded great, man. This is Thank you, yeah. episode. You, you did really good. I, I yeah, right back at you. I wasn't yeah. sure when we started. I, I wasn't either. I mean, yeah, and I, I'm glad we can be, can be honest <laughs> about that. Yeah. What are you saying, Todd? No, no, um, no, it's not true. That's just it. We've been chatting about doing something like this. Hey, you said that I came up with the idea. Is that true? Yeah, I want to be clear about that. So we were sitting at Kaz when we first wait, met. Wait, wait. At some Kaz. point, a Kaz, yeah, I don't know if I pronounced it as don't clearly as I always do with the T Kaz. <laughs> um, and we were, we, were, we were tearing apart a movie of some kind. We were, we were discussing a TV show or a film of, some, uh, of one or the other. And um, Todd was like, you know, we can make a whole thing. People would, might be interested in hearing us just like criticize a movie. And, and I was like, yeah, maybe. Like the rapport was really good, you know? But um, I think we kind of, maybe we were both thinking like, well, no one's really going to want to, I, for one, kind of feel unqualified to do that. And I don't really want to sit there. Like as much as I enjoy spouting my opinions, I don't necessarily want to make a show about that. I feel like everyone's got opinions, you know? And yeah, so here's rather... the thing. Here's the thing. And maybe this is a wrap up and I don't know what I'm going to say here. <laughs> you got a degree in theater. I got yeah. a degree in theater. We studied hard. We I had to write critiques and yeah. they were handed back to me with an entire paragraph circled with the red ink saying, irrelevant, don't care about your, your musings and your stick to the facts, stick to the, and, and you know, the Yelp reviews on a restaurant. It's like, I, I want a restaurant critic to write about a restaurant, you know? Right. right. I mean, we, we are qualified. Are we ultimately qualified? That's up to, other people but I, I i hope if that you know seth will keep me honest if i talk about something and i i bring something up that you'll you know you have to support yeah. your your thesis think, and and we both love theater we both love film we both um you know we're not gonna lambast anybody because no absolutely not we're gonna try to keep it positive and yeah you know, we're always going to do it with, a, if we do get into that realm, it's always going to be like, well, this is absolutely just our opinion. And, um, you know, we, we're here just to, to offer that for what it's worth and take everything with a grain of salt. Well, our discussion today on those films, those are very difficult films. And I think, yeah, you know, I mean, The Accused, 12 Years a Slave, um, and Boys Don't Cry, the subject matters are 
intense and the scenes are a little too well filmed, I have to say. I don't like a lot of the scenes in those movies. I think the camera stays on them a little too long. And, That's interesting. That's um, interesting. Just because, I, you know, I, I get it that some people don't know. I, I mean, I'm from Nebraska. We have generally one of the top education systems in America. I learned from moving up to California and, and, and you know, I had some really good teachers and I, we, we studied the Holocaust, we studied slavery, you know, accused and, I mean, we didn't study transgender issues back then, but you know, serious stuff. Um, what happens to those characters and they're beautifully performed, but it's intense subject matter. Yeah. Very so I warn you all if, you know, especially during this time, <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't watch those as either of those movies as a double feature. No, and watch it maybe when you're in a okay mood because if you're feeling weird already, it might they might sink you even further into into that. And I agree. I think you should yeah. be actually in a good mood. I've had a good day to watch a movie like that, and especially right now because the, you know yeah. everyone's in a weird mood this, these days. I think so. All right. Well, Seth, we're gonna call fun. it a day. All right, Let's call it a day. Let's Call go get that a, scotch. And what were you going to drink? Scotch, scotch, scotch. I have no idea. I have probably more coffee. <laughs> more coffee. Let's more have coffee. another cup of coffee. Uh, tune in again and we'll talk. No big whoop. All right. No big whoop at all. Thanks, Toddy. <laughs> Bye. Bye.